Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's featured message. Hi, it's Mike with the Portage County Safety Council. I'm here with my friend Jennifer Parmenter for Family and Community Services. How's it going, Jennifer? Good. How are you, Mike? Fantastic. So, Jennifer, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do at FCS. So I'm Jennifer Parmenter, and I'm the Clinical Counseling Supervisor over at Family Community Services. So my job is to just supervise the counselors and case managers. So we have a variety of services here from group, the case management office space, home base. So really, we have substance use services. So really, just a variety of services that whatever people may need to help in, we offer here. So you say you pretty much do everything. Well, we try. Yeah, we, we try. do. We can help you with whatever you might need over here at Family Community. Somebody else right. does the substitutes, but there we're you here go. There you go. You. And the there website is fcsserves.org. So, Jennifer, the world's coming to an end, like we said before in the one podcast you did for us earlier in the year, the beginning of the pandemic. Killer hornets, pandemic, oh, yeah. riots in the streets, election, and no matter what side you're on, it's probably frustrating. You're mad and hate everybody else, want to kill everybody else. Is kind of what, what I'm seeing on social media, unfortunately. So, how are people doing in your world? When you go to work every day, from coworkers to clients, how are people handling all this chaos that's going on in America right now? I think you see a variety of people from, you know, people who are mad and angry, you know, on the streets, not driving very nicely. Mike, you see that? Still, it's getting worse out there. People that need anger management, even more so than before. Uh, we offer that here at Family Community. Shall I say that? We're still offering that. And then I think you also see what I see, too, amongst professionals. I think we've been doing so many of these Zoom meetings now. Right. I think in those meetings, what I notice on the videos is just that look of, I think, feeling tired and worn. And not to read too much into things, because I think it can be hard to pay attention in some of these Zoom meetings. you got a 100 things you got to do, too. And sometimes, you know, if they're very long meetings, they can become cumbersome. But I think that look of just, you know, feeling maybe hopeless or yeah. when is all this going to come to an end? So a lot of us in, in, you know, the office, probably maybe folks that are listening to are there is some interactions in the office they may be going into a place versus just all remote work. I know in here that's nice for me because I do have coworkers I'm seeing every day. Um, so that probably helps with some of those feelings like you're alone out there. So I think the climate in here is good, but I think I think that's just what I'm noticing. Maybe just that tired, you know, like when is this going to be over? When are things right. going to be back to normal? Yeah, it's definitely taking yeah. longer than that initial three-week lockdown yes. told us, right? So. Yep. Which yep. I get why they do that. Let's just take it one step at a time and, and kind of ease people through the process. Absolutely. But the problem is it kind of puts in your mind, this is, you know, we'll hunker down for a few months or a few weeks, whatever it is. And it goes back to normal and it hasn't. And now everyone's working from home. I think, I think it's good in a way because we tend to miss the social interaction. I've, I've heard over the years, whether it's through the internet, at work, at different locations, complain meetings are a waste of time. And I used to always enjoy them. I've been mm -hmm. through meetings I didn't enjoy, the content of it. When I was working back at Path years ago, we, had, we developed such a camaraderie. We became like a little family in there. And literally, meetings were exciting because you got to see everyone that maybe were working in different locations. And we came in, we did like a little icebreaker, a little game. And Tracy Larlam at the time was... Uh, mm -hmm. The director, so she always has some like Plato's categories icebreaker, which right, you know, right. you trying to be a manly man like me, I wouldn't think I'd be into, but I had fun. I, we had yes, a blast, right, and, and right. we had such a family dynamic there that literally that was part of self care, professional self care. I call it like we came in, 
we really got to like just get the weight off your chest, so to speak, from, you know, working with clients and the trauma and, and just the stress of life. It, it became a unit there and not being able to go in the office, you kind of lose that impact, right? Yeah. I mean, and you get and you're working from home, a lot of people are, or even if you're just not having that human interaction, it brings an element of loneliness, yeah. which is yeah. real relevant now. In fact, we did a survey, 37% of when we asked, hey, what's what are some factors causing you stress right now? And so that's a really big deal. And I think that emotionally probably wears us down, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. Well, just yesterday we had uh, one of our girls was retiring after like 20 some years at our agency. So I think once again, just being able to be in this office here, which a lot of people aren't right now. And it was just seven, eight of us that are here. We have a lot of community-based workers. And again, being able to just have that little party for her, which is now, you know, for some being even those little things being taken away you know, for others, just to celebrate her career here with us, you know, so, so missing out on some of those things. And, you know, we're hearing about that, aren't we like in nursing homes and things like that, like what, what is becoming worse for people, you know, or or the debate over schools for kids and the sports and all of that is, is it the no interaction that's going to be harder or the, the spread of the disease? So you said something real important. I think it's, it's really good for us as professionals and in our personal life as well, I think it, it kind of bleeds over. But you said you just observed a few things. You noticed a few things. So even on a Zoom call, mm-hmm. people look tired. I've seen that in some of the meetings we've had uh, or the conversation or you notice maybe they're not doing their hair like they did before. It's not, you know, it's not about looks or appearance or style, but if that's different for the individual, maybe they're not ironing their clothes and they just, you know what I mean? There's these little things that begin to, we begin to notice that, you know, a lot of times I'll say, well, that's not really my place. I don't know if mm-hmm. I should really say anything. Mm-hmm. Those might be warning signs that, hey, maybe we need to connect with that person. And it doesn't mean we have to try to diagnose anyone and pretend we're a therapist, right. but just no. a simple, hey, how's it going? Yes. What's going right. on? How right. you doing? You don't even have to ask them if everything, you know, you don't have to try to pick their heart and their brain and figure out what they're thinking. Sometimes just being present, right? That's and right. being positive is enough to help yes. move them through yes. that. Yes. But I'm thinking even, um, I know we're speaking to a wide variety of professionals, but I think even in our, our therapist here, you know, when we were all remote for quite a while and, you know, you think, oh, this might be great, you know, for those of us who are like, we're going into an office every day. Oh, wouldn't it be great to work from home? That's got to be so much easier. You know, it's not, it's not, you know, the back-to-back sessions that you might have, the back-to-back meetings, you know, you hear people saying that this is tough. You've got right. the kids. Now you're worrying about it. Like I was on a meeting the other night with the caseworker and the dog has taken over the computer and, you know, you're <laughs> trying to manage like all these different things. And it's, it's hard. It's hard. And it's, it is wearing. And these, there are some of the therapists were like, we can't wait to get back in the office, you know? So it's just all those extra dynamics that it throws in. And so it is still being available for each other, you know, or being, yeah, are you okay? Because they were saying the, the difference in how tiring it was becoming and it was just wearing on them emotionally and physically. We know how the impact of if you're draining emotionally, it wears on your physical health and vice versa. You're having yeah. physical problems. It takes a toll on you emotionally and mentally. So we know how all that plays into you as a whole. So it is being and- available and mindful. Even in a Zoom call. (laughs) Yes, yes. And the mindfulness part is real important, not even going into the meditation part, but the self-awareness, I guess, would be a better word. I'm going to pop this up, actually, because it's something we talked about. I'm going to share my screen here so everyone can see it out there. When COVID broke out, Mm -hmm. I started noticing just because the classes I've done with the veterans and different things, I started (laughs) finally going through. I'm like, I'm going through the stages of grief. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you know, that first stage denial, this thing's a hoax. This is no different right, than a common right. flu, right? right? I know. Right. I don't know anyone that didn't say that initially. I remember calling the health department because I know them. You know, I work with them a lot. And I'm over there. I'm like, hey, is this thing real? Is this a hoax? What's <laughs> right. going on? Right. And the staff, I know they were saying, I know I'm thinking the same thing. And I'm like, wait, you're a health worker. You're supposed to have science. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. But no, they were going through it as well. And then, then here it comes, the lockdown. Here yep. comes anger, you know? And then you start saying, what are we going to do? What am I going to do for this time? How are we going to do? Who's going to lose their job? And that depression stage comes in and then the bargaining comes in. Okay. Yeah. Shut down movie theaters, but don't take planet fitness out because that's my out. And then you get, and then you (laughs) kind of stirs back anger. Don't you try to like do this, but don't do that. We need some kind of out. Then eventually at some point, hopefully you get to acceptance and go through there. Dealing with stress. I know this is a model for grief, but we go through a similar thing with stress, don't we? We kind of first deny that we have it, probably. It builds up and we start getting frustrated over little things. And then we kind of go into this process a little bit where we may go through that depression phase and, you know, we stop combing the hair, we stop getting dressed, we stop taking care of small things, you know, getting off our routine that we normally did. And then we kind of go through that process a little bit. Yeah, when I'm I'm looking at this whole, like, you know, the model that you have, and we know that with, like grief and loss. It's a process. And we do know it's not linear. Mm -hmm. You don't just go through one stage to another, just nice and neat. You know, like I think years ago, we thought maybe happens it go back and forth through stages. And I think the thing when we talk about COVID, like it's not an event that happens and is over. You know, we're still in the process of figuring all of this out and you know, where it's all going to end for us. It hasn't ended. That's difficult and weighing on people. You know, you're still seeing all the effects of what's going on with the loss of jobs and uh, schooling being in the air and the impact that has on parents and, you know, not knowing what, you know, if their kids are going to be at home then and how that impacts their job and are they maybe teachers then and how they fit that in. And so all of that, it's just, it's not an event like the death of somebody that's, you know, very difficult as a person, but then you can start to move through the grief process. So I think that complicates things. But I think, yeah, the the situation with stress, I think if it's not managed, then it can lead into the depression and anxiety. And then, you know, your emotional, mental, you know, I think um, I was just noticing too, like, you know, just in, in different ways when you're very stressed, just the impact that has on you even remembering things oh yeah yeah to your day that's something i've been mindful Mm -hmm. of here mike (laughs) yeah yeah i plug everything in my phone because if i don't set alerts i'll forget about it i know it was like did i already like put my deodorant on today (laughs) that's a running joke up here like with all of us no i did did. you're (laughs) stage three right now (laughs) let's talk about the self-awareness thing and I'm just using the model of grief. The stage of grief is just kind of yep. like a, a mental model to help people through this. But we go through this and we can call it denial. I use, I like the word blind spots that I think stress becomes at some point so natural to us. We don't even realize we're stressed because it's so normal. Would you agree or disagree yes, with that? Yes. Because if you ever like, yeah, it's weighed on you and you're just dealing with it. And then like, maybe you go like, this has happened to me. Like, I like those little funny, like kid videos or like, um, it's been a day or like the little videos with the pets or something, or you go watch a really good movie or you go out with your friends or your husband, you know, whoever, just somebody that's like good to you. And you really have yeah. a good time and you come away from that and you're like, I feel so much better. Yes. And then, and then you realize, well, wow, this was a day, you know? So like, it's like, yeah, you just, you maybe didn't realize how, you know, not okay you were feeling because you've just begun. 
Well, I, I was talking to my sister the other day, and I think I think this is maybe, I don't know how many people are feeling like this. I don't want to get too emotional, but I think maybe right now we're just kind of all trying to, or many of us, just trying to get through the day. Yeah, We're just trying to figure out how to keep our head above water, how to make sense of everything going on with, uh, you know, the politics, uh, the virus. I keep coming back to this, the education and the, the school for kids. I think that's a, a huge thing going on right now for parents. I just can't, I mean, my kids are older, so... I'm just so grateful that I'm not in that particular situation, but, you know, we're just all trying to keep our head above water. So in this survival, how do we keep just surviving? So and I think we want more from life, right? We want to like thrive yeah, absolutely. and, yeah. and passionate yeah. and, you know, and right now I wonder just how many of us are just trying to get through the day, you know? Yeah, getting wore out in the daily grind of things. And mm -hmm. I actually talked to you when we did our call with Kelly yesterday, I kind of talked about for a little while in the veterans classes I was doing, I started noticing, and even before as veterans, when we did stuff with Miller Community House and some other, you know, path clients, different things, I started noticing that people were literally, their identities, they were stuck in the past. Even their thought process was all oriented into the past. And I started going around and say, hey, in 10 seconds, tell me your life story. And I had an older man who was in his 70s, probably, and he said, you know, I'm an alcoholic. My dad was an alcoholic and his dad was an alcoholic. And here I am. And I started realizing his entire mentality was in the past. So what I started doing is I would go to a dry erase board and I would write past, present, future and put lines down it like a chart. Mm -hmm. And then I would put lines across and each person in the group, I would put their name up there and I'm, I would do the tell me your life story in 10 seconds kind of thing. And uh, I would take his and, you know, and say, okay, everything that you tell me, I'm going to, I'm going to mark as past, present and future. And he had every one of his mark, he had one mark in the present column two or three in the past, and then zero in the future column. And I started to realize, you know, how our brains are even hardwired, right? You know, we, we talked about this yesterday. I go to buy a Ford Focus, and all of a sudden, they magically appear everywhere on the road. I've oh, never bought a Ford Focus. I don't know why I was just that example. But, but you see them everywhere, and you're, you're like, yeah, you know, I'm I, not I, the only I, one that has it. I bought a GMC Acadia <laughs> off my uncle years ago. I don't even have it anymore. And uh, I remember... I told my wife, I've never seen one of these on the road. I wouldn't even know they existed. It was a, a, an SUV. I wouldn't even know they made them if Uncle Dave didn't own one, you know? So <laughs> I kind of kid about me. And then all of a sudden, I'm driving to Lorraine Butler home, and I have this impulse to look to the left. Just this weird feeling. And I look over to the left, and behold, there's a GMC Acadia. And then I have another feeling a minute down the road. Behold, to the right of me, there's another one. And I'm like, they're magically appearing as soon as I look to find us. Mike. And so – I connect that with the past, present, future aspect of if we don't have any focus, we have to obviously deal with the present moment. And I know people struggling through addiction, different things. I don't even like bringing that up because I think it takes the focus just on that one thing. But anything in life, we focus on the present to get through absolutely. But what I found and I found with the clients, the ones that came in that I worked with and I would ask them about their life, they would say, you know, one gentleman came in and said, I can't even remember his name. I, I'm not allowed to tell you anyways, but I don't remember. <laughs> he came in and said, you know, I had a hard life growing up, made a lot of mistakes in my recent past. He said, but I'm going through the program now, but I'm not going to stay here long. So he recognized stuff he's been through, stuff he's done, mm -hmm. stuff he's mistakes he's making now and the struggle right now. He's like, it's okay because here's my plan. And he went A, B, and C. So he had like yep. three or four marks in the future column one in the present and maybe one or two in the past. And he didn't stay long. And I remember yeah, doing the yeah. exercise with him and I'm going through that and I'm like, wow, he's going to make it. So 
as hard as it seems to whoever's listening to this or watching this at home, you're going through it. Yes, stick to the grind, but always keep looking forward because everything your brain, our brains are literally hardwired in the decision-making process to move us toward whatever we're focused on. Yep. And I can give you example after example of how people can get stuck in the past because that's what they're focused on in their mind. But, you know, acknowledge the past, honor it, respect it, deal with the, the you know, I like to say, keep your head in the clouds. That's the future, your vision for your life and keep your feet on the ground. Anchor yourself in the present moment, get through today, but also keep your mind on where you're going and it creates like a pathway for your decision-making process. So you don't have to try so hard to do things and get through there. Now, the stress that builds up doesn't always make that easy. But what I do is when I catch myself in that rut, maybe I don't shower for a day and I'm just starting to, I'm not going to shave. So I grow a beard out now, so it's a little easier. But, uh, <laughs> whatever process I'm going through and I realize, hey, you know what? I'm getting into a rut here. And once I had that self-awareness like that, I try to make that intention to to change it because it just it's like digging a hole if you've ever been stuck in the mud. You know, we rode dirt bikes as a kid, but in, in a car, anything, in the snow, you just cut, you dig a bigger hole, keep digging a bigger hole. So keeping our mind focused on it. How, how important is that from people that- Well, I think one of the words- successful? you were saying is it's not letting it build up. You know, I think it's right. like we run an anger management group here, at, which I love doing. And I think it's the same kind of concept. It's like you let the anger build up, what tends to happen? You're going to have an explosion and nobody's going to appreciate, you know, winds right. up in some bad, bad situations. And same thing for your stress. So it's doing things to kind of prevent the build up too. It's not waiting until you're like, well, you didn't shower, Mike. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife has to point that out. All the video people do the. It's not waiting till that point. (laughs) So it's doing those like daily things, you know, to prevent that, uh, you know, that point. I can't believe you could smell me through this. Well, I did. We have smell vision over here, family community. That's how on top of it. That's how cutting edge we are here, family community. So, um, you know, but it's doing those daily things like, you know, not everybody's into the meditation and mindfulness kind of things, but that or the exercising or, you know, I don't know, like I really appreciate like good candles. I make it be simple like that. I light it like a, a nice candle that I like, you know. Or songs, you know, we talked before in another one, like it's a type of songs. It's not like the, you know, I just lost my lover drowning in my booze kind of song. Right. You know, that's yeah. going to tend to bring you down. So that means you're not allowed to listen to country music at well, all. Well, I don't know. There. There's some good country songs out there. but um, A lot of friends are going to get mad at me after hearing that. But so, okay. you know, maybe there's one, you know, I found my Jane. <laughs> I don't know. It's something like that. So, but it's doing those things daily that can try to keep up your um, spirit. And then at the same to- time, it's like, it's validating how you're feeling you know we are in times that are very uncertain so we don't need to deny it but it's you know what are we going to do about it because there is a lot of life to live many of us are very fortunate to have people around us that love us and have the food and shelter and and clothing a lot of blessings in our life so and working with a a lot of populations from people in jail you know they were able when I do like what are your blessings I could go around and many of them were finding blessings too so you know we have many blessings in our life so it is acknowledging those but validating that, yeah, we're feeling anxious today, you know, but like, what are we going to do daily to try to to manage it so it doesn't lead to the not showering or the anxiety and the depression that that can get us in a state where we have the ongoing negative thoughts, racing minds, panic attacks, feelings of you not wanting to get up, hopelessness, right. hopelessness, and then even, you know, worse, uh, you know, like maybe, maybe, um, you know, maybe nobody cares if I wake up tomorrow. Maybe I should just end it, you know? So it's, what can we do every day? Yeah, finding that means well. definitely important. 
I always say it boils down to three things in any case when it comes to people, healthy relationships, a strong sense of purpose, and a strong identity. Like if you have those three to whatever degree, if you have relationships, identity, and purpose, you know who you are, you know what, where you fit in, what role you are, and you feel accepted. You have a sense of meaning for your life, uh, whether that's just to be a parent, a sibling, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be something grandeur. It doesn't have to be, but you have a strong sense of purpose. You have people around you and you have a strong sense of yourself that you're going to be happy and have an internally prosperous life. There is a mental model that I would do in class and I would draw a volcano, a stick figure volcano because I can't really draw. Oh yeah. And I would put where the magma would be. I would put, and I adapted it from something I saw years ago. I would put life experiences down in, and there's like a little vent and, and we would draw arrows to where the pressure would come, like a volcano, the, the, yeah, the magma, the, yeah, the pressure mm-hmm. from the gases, and then it causes an eruption. And then I would write perception. And then above the surface where the volcano come above the ground level, I would, I would show an eruption, a stick figure eruption, and I would write behaviors that a lot of my clients were dealing with. And it could have been anger, depression, anxiety, um, hoarding. It, it doesn't matter what it was. Shopping, overeating, kind of put that out there. And then so it kind of turned into, it, it's real simplification, but life experiences plus perception or interpretation of those experiences. So everyone goes through tough things, but how we perceive it, how we interpret it individual case by case turns into a perception. And those perceptions at some point turn into belief systems, right? And those belief systems determine how we respond to everything we do, which, you know, that 20% we see above the iceberg, that whole scenario is the behavior. And, you know, I don't know how many times I try to say, I'm fat. Not gonna do this no more. Get in shape. You know what I'm saying? And I tried to hit it above the surface, and it doesn't really do. I mean, you could do it for a few weeks and try to fake it till you make it, and all these different things. But what happens is, it, it doesn't really have that impact. But you either have to give yourself a new experience, which you know, in our world, we tell people, person, place, people, places, and things. Right? Change those things. Change your environment. That's like setting yourself up with a new life experience. What I found most successful with people I've worked with, including myself is change the way I view stuff. Going through abuse and stuff as a child, I had to like reinterpret how that impacts and say, hey, this this experience resulted into a lie that I bought into that everyone close to me is going to manipulate and take advantage of me. And that really hindered a lot of relationships for me and kept me from getting close to people. So as I reprocess that stuff, it kind of goes back and helps with that, right? So this is a real cheap PowerPoint version. <laughs> so I, I kind of see it like this. Well, we won't charge extra for this one. We won't right? charge for this. So okay. I, I, I kind of see it like this, especially talking to Kelly and just kind of going through as we're talking. I'm like, I tried just to create a mental model for people to see. So if we're talking to people that, you know, here's, well, let me get through the pyramid first, I guess. This first bottom part in the blue here is the individual level. That's self-care, you know, our habits, routines. What are we doing for ourselves? Just just individually, when I'm at home, am I watching a TED Talk? Is that going to help me feel more? Am I going to FaceTime a friend? Whether it's relational, task-oriented, it doesn't matter. Some people like reading. Some like prayer and meditation. Some like exercise. Some don't. Some like sleep. Some like hunting. Some like just being outdoors. Whatever it is, there's that level. And then we get to the level where, man, the stress that we're dealing with goes well beyond what we can manage, Right. And then, then we typically go to our support systems. And we know this is a lot of the issue with under-resourced individuals is, and families. They don't have those strong support systems. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really a piece missing there. And I know like when we work with individuals that go through, they don't have the support system. That's one thing we try to encourage them to try to build up. 
you know, by reaching out to people and spending the network and, and building family up and all that stuff. So the support system level, I'm going to talk to my dad. I'm going to reach out to, you know, I, we have, I have a friend that's a plumber. So our plumbing goes, guess who gets a call, you know? <laughs> so my, my wife works in finance. So when he has a, a finance issue, he calls her like, Hey, what do you think I should do about it? So there's an exchange there. There's a support system that builds up, but there's a place, right? that this support right. system can't even help us. Maybe we talk to our sister or fam, whatever it is, and we kind of get it off our chest. But there's this professional level that, that we sometimes really need, and probably more than not, okay, we have the stigma thing, but there's just some people like, eh, there's still that self-awareness, like, I, I don't know, I'll just deal with it, I'm good for a while. So I guess my question, why the whole thing to set this up to show you is, where do we really need to go to get help? If I'm at the individual level, and I'm, I start implementing things to help take care of it, but it's still not having the, it, it may be beneficial, you know, maybe meditating reduces the stress five to 10% and exercise takes it five to 10% and then reading takes it down another 5%. So I'm 25% better, but I'm not really getting that breakthrough that I'm, that I'm really looking for. So I start going talking to people in my support systems and, and maybe I'm doing better, but there's just something I'm not being able to break through that wall. What advice can you give someone that's going through that that may think, eh, they may be reluctant to hit those that those higher levels there of that professional type level and say, you know, it's time for me to really go to a support group, a counselor, a therapist, whatever that is. It, you know, I'm talking on the self-awareness point. What what advice would you give them? Like, at what point do they seek professional help that they can't do it on their own? And even their friends and family around them, even if they're supportive can't really help them walk what at what point do they hit that professional well i think as far as being self-aware i think if it's if it's come to a point where it's impacting your day-to-day living like mm-hmm. i had a fella in here and to my knowledge i think he had never reached out for help before but he had found that i believe since covid he had his business had been affected which had resulted in um, impacting his marriage and he oh, had just reached a point of in his opinion a very a very low point of his life and he was where he was scaring him that, that some of the thoughts that he was having and so he decided to reach out at that point so for him he just had not had these different feelings before maybe it come and go but not to this level and it was impacting right. him significantly and i will say probably for men more than women it's more difficult right um, yeah to de- to uh, say i mean we know that for men for taking care of their physical health is is even hard you know that's difficult or to say I need help you know so that if you feel like it's impacting you significantly from day to day something different that you've not felt before definitely thoughts of feelings of suicide that hopelessness helplessness prolonged periods of time so it's different from yeah I'm sad you know this is a you know not a good day not a good couple days to like you know you're feeling these feelings for a length of time that is now impacting your relationships your job but you know financially you know things like that the the other thing i think is for our agency and probably for other agencies we've been allowed to do teletherapy which isn't the best model maybe for or some people but it can also open that door maybe for people who in the past have been hesitant to go into a place because maybe someone will see me that i know or right. you know or they'll think I'm crazy. Yeah, that's yeah, one I've heard a lot. Yeah, you know, yeah. they'll say a specific agency. I won't name in this broadcast, but literally, they're like, "No, I'm not one of those people." Like, what do you mean? Yeah, they they right. just they right. think they're they're dealing with people in straitjackets that are howling at the moon, yep. like some 1950 right. version of insanity. I'm like, that's not what mental health is. 
That's and not... I'll just, you know, like even as counselors, we've all, well, I don't know we all, but like many of us have been in counseling ourselves. I got to say, like, we better, as counselors, we better be open to the counseling process and return there as needed. When right. I switch jobs, I tell people coming because I have to do diagnosis when they come in. It sounds like a big word. It can be a scary word to people, an assessment, diagnosis. And really an assessment is about us talking about what's been going on. I got an adjustment disorder when I changed jobs. And I said, let's just hope I don't get the one that, you know, is an acting out one. <laughs> so, right. you know, because it's an adjustment to like, well, even the pandemic, that's an adjustment to, you know, a new baby, a death, a, a divorce. You know, that's an adjustment, which means there's a life stressor. You're adjusting. And then in time that that you will figure that part out and you return back to your you know, level of functioning before that. So, you know, we all have things we go through. So yes. It's, uh, but it's scary, too. I understand to reach out. But maybe the teletherapy will ease some people's minds that that is should now be available by most agencies. I know like the state has relaxed their guidelines for us, which was something we weren't allowed to do beforehand. Uh, we didn't have the platform and all the different uh, rules and regulations. And now we, we can do that so many places. One of the most disappointing and frustrating parts of the mental health world is I hear this from the EAP programs, employers. I hear it. You see it with people in your life. You see every active shooter and, and I'm not tying it to mental health. Okay. I'm not trying to create that. I'm just saying anything like newsworthy, you hear people say there are warning signs the entire way. It's such a thing to have that self-awareness of where I'm really at, you know, where each of us, where are we really on this scale? And it's not like you have to have a number or try to self-diagnose, but I like to think of it. Maybe I risk it just in case like a preventative care, you know, even if I don't need certain types of things, I'm going to go to get a counselor. I'm going to reach out to my sports system. I'm going to practice this new form of self-care, whatever you are, that, that little pyramid thing that we did to really just say it, it's, it may be beneficial at this time for people just to, instead of taking a risk, like, oh, I'm going to don't take a risk to avoid it, take the risk and be courageous of actually just saying, hey, if I go to a counselor, maybe I don't have to go back. Let me go and check it out and see yeah. what it is because no one has the goals of, of keeping a patient for the rest of their life, no. right? No, no, the whole is the walk them through the process. And I remember, I think we talked about this earlier in the year when we did a podcast, but LeBron James spent something that was like $1.8 million on his body, like through massages and treatment and physical therapy, just to be able to perform at that level. I know we don't have that kind of money, but I'm just thinking that mentality though, of what if we took that same value that he has for his physical body, for our mental health, our emotional health, our relational health, you know, maybe we're struggling in the marriage. Who do we have to reach out to that's healthy that can help guide us through that or whatever the case is. And so I really like to see that shift so people don't wait till it's too almost too late and they're going to have to go what, through a harder process i had um I, I i don't want to just just say the fellas i've had women in here too that they're, they might be coming in here you know at family community we, we have a lot of referrals from probation right. probation department so maybe maybe they were like overexcited like you know oh wait i'm gonna go you know see miss jen today but so just just even this week i had a fella come in so part of the assessment we are talking about why you're coming for probation but also like things that have gone on in the past, things that you're experiencing now. And so right. many folks here, there's a lot of anxiety and depression or they've had things in their past. So by the end, he says, you know, I have really enjoyed talking about some of this. It was really helpful. And for his particular situation, it was just a one-time bad decision. He didn't right. need anything further. But I said, you know, maybe one day you might want to consider, if, if you'd like, come back, talk about some things that have gone on that might keep resurfacing, you know. And I thought, I think he thought it was like weird 
they're like, he really enjoyed the process. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, I, I've seen people, I think a lot of people that go to AA, even well beyond their addiction to alcohol, they enjoy the camaraderie, the relationship. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people that went through it and they'll quote the big book. And I, I'm not real familiar with their programming, you know, and I'm not promoting AA. You know, some people don't like it, whatever it is, but well, just, just whatever it is, whatever helps. You yes. don't have to agree with the philosophy, but yes, when people, <laughs> yes, if it goes through there and I hear people, well, that's what it says in the big book. I've had people say it to me and I'm like, and, and they enjoy talking about it because there's something they can connect with. Yes. And I know in some of the groups I've had with a lot of people, male and female, but then especially the veterans who are all pretty much, you know, all guys in those classes where I had guys come in, you know, one guy had come in one time and, uh, we had to come up with some kind of name for what I did. So it was, let's just call it life skills and keep it generic the way I'm not, you know, but we talk about, yeah, we talk about like this kind of stuff and I, and uh, I don't do any kind of therapy stuff, but it's like, I try to get them if they need it to, to say, Hey, this could be something you may need to go into to take it to the next step. But I've had guys come in there. I remember one guy was, was just like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm so-and-so years old. I'm an old man. And I, I guess I don't have any freaking life skills with some other language, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. And I looked at him and I was like, hey, you're going to be fun today. You're going to be my favorite. And he like gave me this dirty look. And by the end of the class, he was loving it. And he stayed over and he's like, I really appreciate what you do. This yep. is amazing. Yep. I'm going to come yep. back every time. And it's funny how you always have this image of this fear almost of like, you're not going to like it. They're not going to like you. It's not going to work out. These things never work. And then you get there and you're like, wow, I actually feel better when I leave, leave there. So that's yeah. a real important piece. Or I think there's people that think, my gosh, if I tell them what I really am thinking and feeling, they're probably going to put me away or pink slip me somewhere. Right. And, I, and being very honest, and I get this because I remember thinking this myself years ago. If I tell them that I've had thoughts of hurting myself, they're probably not going to let me leave. But the reality is. It is our job to check it out. You know, do you have, are you suicidal right now? Are you, right. do you have a plan right now? But it is our job to hold that with you and to talk about that with you. And if it's been that like many people have had this fleeting thought or maybe nobody would care if I woke up tomorrow. And that's what it is. It is to talk about that with you and give you some hope and what's kept you here and to just have that conversation with you and make sure you're not presently suicidal but we can handle that it right. doesn't mean we're going to send you to the hospital so you're it's okay to talk about that with us and i think there's relief in knowing that you can share that with the counselor and not get automatically shipped up somewhere for the next right. three weeks we're not putting you away anywhere but i think that's a it's a valid concern that people have I've it had is people it is be very worried here and if you've never been through a counseling process you would be worried. What can I tell you? What are you right. going to do with what I tell you? But you actually might just find you like us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and connecting to a counselor is very important too. So that's, that's one thing. So here's how I want to end this podcast. Look at the camera. If someone's struggling right now, they're listening to this. They're like, Hey man, that's great. You guys are having a fun conversation, but what does this have anything to do with what I'm dealing with? If someone's feeling hopeless, they're tired, they're just wore out, they're weary from COVID-19, fear of job loss. You know, I think it was, uh, again, almost 40, you know, 35, 40%, somewhere around there that, of our members said part of the stress is the fear of getting laid off or losing their job. So a lot of people going through it now may have never experienced that level of stress, or, you know, that they're dealing with now in the middle of the pandemic, you know, like parents passing away and not be able to go visit them in the hospital. I, I have friends who you know, had emergency type surgeries that went in, but their, you know, or their kid got sick and they couldn't, they weren't allowed in. And, and it was like almost traumatizing. Like I can't be there yeah. for my baby. Yeah. 
when he's in the ER. So just speak in the camera right now and just encourage them. What would you say to him if that person was in front of you right now? Well, I don't want to get too emotional, Michael. Either. <laughs> I can do that. But uh, I mean, I first want to say that, like for me personally, I am sorry, you know, for just the things that every that's going on right now. Not that that I'm personally responsible or that me or Michael are, but that um, for the pain, I think, in the in the brokenness that, you know, you are personally experiencing and none of us can relate to that um, or have just that experience that you're having as far as from us or me, have I had my own personal experiences with pain and, and suffering? Yes. And so that are, do I want us to feel like we, there is hope out there? Absolutely. There's hope. Not all of us, but some of us, you know, there's a belief in a higher power and that there is hope and that there's a lot of life to live. And like I had said to Michael, there's blessings out there every day. If we look for them and find them, they're there. And I'm fortunate in my life to have a husband and children and food and, you know, just many, many blessings. And not everyone is that fortunate, but there are people out here that do care for you and you are very important and you have a purpose and you're valuable. And I don't know, quite honestly, the people that I work with, some of them have never been told that. So if you haven't been, I want to tell you that now you have a purpose. And if you're suffering from addiction or mental illness, that you have a purpose out there. If you have children that maybe you've lost or, or aren't talking to you, that we, we are here to help you. We have and it's not just family and community. There are many, many agencies or other agencies in Portage or any county that, that do want to help you and provide you hope and, and work with you on your self-esteem or how you're feeling or relationships you're in. We want to be here and we do want to help you because you're valuable and you have a purpose. There are people that need you. And so whatever you need, we are here for you. And if you're thinking about harm to yourself or whatever that looks like, that um that hang in there because you're you're important. You're you're that important. You're important to us. We may not even know you, but you are. You're here and we want you to continue to be here and we want to encourage you today. All those people listening that may be struggling, she said it. You're worth it. You're worth fighting for and you're worth thriving for. You have meaning in your life. And not only can you survive the pandemic and everything going on, but you can thrive in it. I just want to encourage you and give you courage and hope that you can make it through this. Jennifer, thank you so much. We're We're going to do do it, it, Michael. That's right. I feel like Tony Little. We can do it. We can do it. You sing, Michael. We can sing a song on the way out. (laughs) We'll practice that for next time. So, Jennifer, if someone wants to get a hold of you or family and community services for counseling, how could they connect with you and the department over there in Goggler and Kent? So we have a phone number. It's 330-677-4124. And Bree or Linda will take your phone calls and we can get you scheduled. So we have the, uh, like I said, community-based counseling case management or office space. So someone comes out and says, I don't even know what I need. Can yep. someone like that call and send an appointment up and just get a basic? I can tell you what you might need. Evaluation or something. And I don't know how that works because I haven't uh, gone through that process. You'll come in for the assessment with me or one of the therapists, and then we can um, just help guide you from there. Awesome. That sounds great. So, Jennifer, thank you so much. You're welcome, Michael. Everybody out there listening, be healthy, be well, be safe. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe.
To learn more about how your company can earn up to a 4% Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.wordpress.com. The preceding information is for entertainment purposes only. Views expressed may not reflect the views of any affiliated or sponsoring individuals or organizations. Listeners should carefully weigh information provided and seek advice from an appropriate professional before implementing. Listener discretion is advised.